Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. the film just like you don't care and let them know that you're here and you're glad that they're here too and you may be seated this morning we are so glad you're here listen i had the opportunity uh to have two of your kids help me out this morning in the uh thank you yes i needed that page um, uh, this morning in children's ministry as we gave them a lesson um and um one of them Grady brings me this superhero magazine. It had Spider-Man on it, and he was so thrilled to give me this magazine. Um, and Balin brings this, um, he brings this package of, of, of um, army men. And, and I looked at that, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so easy. Because you know what? I grew up playing with army men, and I did not read the magazines as often. I looked at the pictures. But, I mean, hey, don't, don't judge me, all right? Um, but uh, I, I always wanted to be... A superhero. And probably the reason why I wanted to go into the into uh, the military because I felt like they were people looked at them as heroes, and I thought maybe I would love to do that. And then I always wanted to be Batman and you know Superman, all those maybe because of the superpowers uh, that they was able to do. Maybe because they live forever. I'm, I'm not for sure, but I always wanted to help people. And so I was telling your kids that how awesome it is that they have been given a superpower. And you should have seen your kids. Their eyes got big, like oh, I got superpowers. I got to figure this out. And their superpower was love. See, you have that superpower too. Every one of us in the building has a, the ability to love, and God has given us all even a greater love that we can share with people. And so I, I encourage you, just like I encourage your kids, to go out and use your superpower this week and love people um, like you've never loved people before. And, uh, and that's so important in the world that we live in today. And uh, we appreciate you. Hey, listen, I want to give you just a little update, man. It is moving day. Now, uh, some of you are like, well, Pastor, uh, last week we had boxes all over the stage, and we did. Uh, but we needed those boxes to pack up some stuff from the building that we are at. So we are, um, we've been packing, we've been tearing up walls, we are, we've been putting sheetrock back on the walls that we tore up um, because that was a bad idea. No, just joking. We've been uh, sheetrocking up some doorways to make the room bigger. Just a lot of things that we're doing to prepare for you, but prefer, prepare for our community. And uh, we are excited uh, with um, the things that God is doing. And I want to share this with you because you're going to have that opportunity uh, throughout this week. We're meeting at the church from 6 o'clock, and I know that every one of us are working. I get it. Um, but from 6 o'clock until however long you can stay, we are working at that church. We are doing something. Uh, we have lots of chairs, beautiful chairs, um, that just been sitting in a sanctuary for two years, um, and they just need some tender loving care. They just need some TLC. Um, they need to be cleaned. And so obviously all of us can do something with the chairs, wipe down the legs or something and make those things look great. And uh, so we would love for you to come. And if you have um, a talent or something um, that perhaps a skill set, um, please let us know. And there's a lot to be done. And we want to say thank you in advance. So for all week, um, we are shooting to be in there the 1st of February. And um, I would also challenge you. There are great in expense in this. Um, there is a lot of expense um, in trying to get things renovated, to get things ready, uh, to be prepared. And so I would, I would just challenge you. And, and uh, I think that you know me, or if you don't know me, you'll find out that I'm not a money guy. 
Um, my father-in-law told me <laughs> years ago, he said, all preachers are the same. All they want is your money. Well, I'm not that kind of guy. I, I don't want your money. I, think, I don't think God really needs your money um, because I see God using his provision to take care of us already. But God has challenged you and I today uh, to take 10% or even above and beyond of what we, that he gives us to go back into the kingdom. Um, and there's so much blessing in that. So I challenge you. I challenge you in a couple of ways um, most of you may have, a, may have gotten a letter for us for the, the 2021 year uh, for your contributions. And uh, there was a challenge on that. And I don't want you to be offended by it because it challenges me um, and challenges all of us to look at it and say, hey, is this, is this 10% of, of my income? Because it's not because um, I'm getting any salary because I don't, I don't get paid. I'm, I'm just like you. I work, I, I work a full-time job and then I come and, and uh, uh, take time to preach God's word. And so it's not anybody's getting paid, but it is something for you to, to look at and say, you know, there's a blessing connected to me giving back what God has required to me to give back. Um, and so we challenge, there's some of you that has never tied, never perhaps uh, been in church to give. And so we challenge you to do this. Take this challenge. I don't know if you listen to Caleb. Caleb tells you, hey, take this 30-day challenge. Listen to nothing but Christian music. And then all of a sudden you're listening to Christian music all the time because it's on that station. And so I challenge you. Uh, my wife and I was thinking, how do we challenge people? Because we're here to lead you into a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Um, and so we say, hey, listen, why don't you look at your finance and say, you know what? In January, I'm going to give 1% to the Lord. In February, I'm going to increase that by a percent, and I'm going to give 2%. And you just keep doing that until three, 10 months, and you'll find out why well, I'm already giving 10% to the Lord, exactly what he's required. And you're just taking small steps and getting yourself lined to God's word. And so we challenge you, challenge you, challenge you to do that, uh, because it is a lot of expense into making this building go to reach our community and to reach you and to lead you as well. All right, so let's get into the word. Let's, let's bypass that, because when you start talking about money, uh, you can tell the mood go, oh, all right, he's trying to get in my pocketbook. No, absolutely not. That's just the pocketbook is owned by God anyway. All right, so we want you to take your Bibles with me, please, to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Actually, I want you to uh, take your Bible, and I want you to open the Deuteronomy chapter 1. We're going to hang out in Deuteronomy for a while, um, go into Exodus just a little bit, uh, or into Numbers, but I want you to um, hang out in Deuteronomy chapter 1. There is something that's happening here with Moses. Moses is begin. he is um, up in years. He's almost 120 years at this time. Uh, he spent 40 years in, in a palace. He spent 40 years out in the desert, and then he spent 40 years leading the children of Israel. He's around 120 years old, and he begins to remember his life. He begins to look back and go, man, there's been a lot of changes and a lot of moving days. And he begins to share with the next generation some of the things that he perhaps regrets and some of the things he wishes he would have done right. And I think all of us, and no matter how old you are, if you're 20, if you're 40, if you're 60, if you're 70, however, how old you are, we look back at our life and say, man, if I could just share one piece of advice to the younger generation, um, I would share this. Um, if I could share this to the younger me when I was 20, if I would have known this, it would have helped me in my life. It, was, it would have saved me from a lot of heartache. And so Moses was doing this. He was going back and remembering some things and trying to share with the next generation um, some things that they need to be concerned of and challenge them to live according to God's commandments. And, uh, and so that's what he was doing. And so last week, we stayed with the children of Israel. We actually picked up onto where they were in Egypt and, uh, and how they were in bondage and captivity and how they had cried out to God, God, save us. God, help us move out of this area. And we find out that because the reason why they were crying is because Egypt was no longer home. 
You see, it was home. It was a place of provision. And actually, God sent them to Egypt. And he had already orchestrated it all out for them to be there, for them to multiply, for them to be blessed. And, and all of a sudden, because of changing of hands and new uh, pharaohs, all of a sudden, home was no longer home. And it was absolutely moving day. I mentioned last week that my wife and I, in every move that we've made, we've moved four times um, in our young life together, 25 years, whoop, whoop, um, we have moved four times, and I mentioned last week that, that my wife and I, every move was very intentional, and uh, we had this um, we had this plan. We sat down and knew exactly what we wanted to do with our life. We knew what we wanted to do with our money. Um, and we had this plan. We wanted a forever home. We didn't care. If we, we wanted nice cars, but we didn't want new cars. We wanted to put our money in a home uh, that we enjoyed, that was uh, lots of land. All those things are forever home. So every move was just a gradual, um, perhaps, climb up. It was, a, it was, it was um, leveling up. And we loved it because every home meant that we were closer to the dream home of our dreams. We, every move was very intentional. And so as we continue this month, and I mentioned this last week, I, I said, as we continue this month, we're going to be continuing this thought of moving day, saying goodbye to the things in our life that no longer is a need in our life. We don't, there's some things in our life we just don't need to carry with us into the next glory that God is leading us. And so this month, we're going to do, continue on this thought um, and uh, so that we can lead you into a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we want you to be intentional. Just like my wife and I was intentional with our house buying and moving up and, and, uh, and, and everything, we want you to be intentional with your growth with Jesus as well. From glory to glory, as Paul stated, he said there's levels or increments of the glory. And it's just what we would call um, in this church world lingo, sanctification. It's a transformation process. We're just growing. We're becoming like Christ every day. Uh, and because we're becoming like Christ every day, we are growing every day. We're moving. So, hey, listen, I'm not going to be there uh, today. I'm going to the next level of what God has to offer me and who I need to be in him. And God desires you to grow. Listen, I need you to know that God desires for you to experience growth in this transformational journey. It is transformational. The Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so every day, we are changing the way we think. And when you change the way you think, you become transformational. God is transforming you to the next level uh, within your life and the next glory. I want you to look at Philippians. And I know I, I told you to camp out in Deuteronomy. Stay there. I'm just going to give you some scriptures up here that we look at last week and, and uh, that Paul states. And I told you if I had a slogan for this year, this is my slogan. Um, I'm going to hang out right here because this has been my heart for a long time. And it just simply says this in verse 10. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him, who? Christ from the dead. I want to suffer with him and sharing in his death. I want you to look at 10 again. Let's stay right there because this is my slogan. I want to know him. And I think it, and it excites me because I get some text from you guys. I'm watching your Facebook. I, I'm seeing things changing in your life. And I love it because I feel like this is this hunger to know who Christ really is. And as a leader and as a pastor, that excites me because there's hungry people to know who he is. But not only to know him, but to experience him. And I told you from day one, listen, we're going to challenge you to experience everything that God has for you. 
everything that God has for you today. And Paul says, I want to know Christ and I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Verse 11, so that one way or the other or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Listen to what Paul is encouraging you and I today. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, and I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which Christ, which, for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling. Now, I want you to look at this because there's a lot that I didn't unpack um, last week. I like to, uh, to take a series and just unpack the, uh, the scripture, the text scripture as we go. And here's, here's what I want you um, to know. If we are to move from glory to glory, I believe that Paul gives you and I some good advice. He gives us three advice, three keys to moving forward on moving day. You ready for this? And I believe this is very, very good for you. And the first one is that he says, forget. In the verse that we're looking at, he says, hey, listen, there's, there's some things that I do. One is I forget. Having a good forgetter is, 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 is pretty, I have a really good forgetter, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's like, hey, did you pick up that item? Oh, man, my wife gives me three items to go to the store, and I come back with 15. I'm like, oh, I forgot that I only needed three. Um, or I don't even get the three, and I get the 15 that I need. You know, it's kind of the deal. I mean, all the wives like, that's my husband, too, so I'm not alone, all right? Um, but I have a really good forgetter. But God said, hey, listen. Paul says, listen, the way I press forward, the way I move from glory to glory, the only way I'm able to do it is to be able to forget the past. So my failures, all the pieces that I cannot put back together, I'll just forget that and I'm going to let God take care of that. He says, man, I, I have a good forgetter. The only way I can move forward is to have a good forgetter. And the other one, he says this, he says, I look forward. So I'm going to forget all my failures and look forward to the things that God has for me. That's how we move forward. That's how we move from glory to glory is with expectation that God has something in store for me on the next level of my life. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm not going to look back. I'm not going to remember the things that I did not succeed in or the things I regret. I'm actually expecting God to do some great things in the next future, right? Looking ahead, my eyes open to what God has for me. And then he says this last thing. He says, I press on. He said, I, I can almost see Paul talking to you and I today. He's like, listen, I'm going to tell you, it's hard to, to forget the past. And sometimes it's difficult to look ahead. And so I have to just press on. In every area, I have to press on. I have to press on, make myself forget my past. I have to press on to, to make myself look ahead. And i got to continue to say, man, I'm going to continue this walk, this transformational journey with Christ because there's a goal in mind, and I'm intentional. I want to make heaven. I want to make heaven. I want to receive this prize um, that's in before me. And so everything that I do, I'm going to forget the past. I'm going to look forward, and I'm going to continue to press on because there, is, there are days in our life that we don't want to move forward. You're like, Pastor, um, have you ever had those days? Absolutely. There's days in our lives that we just, it's just comfortable. I, I just rather stay here. Why do I want to uh, continue to push myself to go to the next level when this is comfortable? This is working. This is good. Why do I want to hunger for something more? And so all of us have to push ourselves to forget the past, 
Now, I want to challenge you because sometimes we say forget the past as though that everything in our past is bad. And there's some good things in our past that holds you in your past. You're like some of your successes are what's holding you in your past. Like um, because you don't feel like you can perhaps top that success and you're like, I don't want to do anything else because that was good. Is anybody, I remember as a youth pastor doing great events and like you, that was a really good event. You're like, okay, let's just, let's just camp out right here because we're never going to top this event. And sometimes in our life we think the same thing. So we have to forget even our successes to move forward in what God has. Because whatever it is, every day has to be moving day for us. Every day has to be a moving day. We're moving from glory to glory. In part one, we talked about the reason why the children of Israel left Egypt was because it was no longer home. And in our lives today, we got to get to that point where we say, this is no longer where I want to be. This doesn't feel like home. It's not who I am. And so I have to move forward. We talked about the children of Israel leaving Egypt. And point one was, it's no longer who I am. Because I promise you, when you give your life to Jesus, your old life is not who you are. You are a new creation. Um, and all things are new. And that's that's new to you, so you have to walk that out. And, uh, and my pastor would say things like this. He said his, his mother-in-law told him one time, he was very frustrated with his people. He was like, oh, I wish they would just be better in their walk with Christ. And his mother-in-law told him this. He said, listen, Fred, if, if when they have lived for Christ as long as you have, they'll be just as good as you are. And what, he was, what she was sharing with them is that every day is a gradual change, and every day is a glory to glory. And uh, the longer you live for God, the better you become, the just the more like Christ you become. And so it's the challenge. Point number two was this. It's just because you hear home doesn't mean that you haven't left. And we talked about how all of a sudden the chariots, the sound of the chariots, the sound of Pharaoh chasing them. And sometimes you and I are past chases and we have to remember, even though I hear home, I still have left. It doesn't mean that you haven't left. You've left. All right, it's okay. Just keep pressing forward. Point number three was this. Remember that moving day is a trust thing. Uh, every day is that cloud that's moving. Every day, is, every night is the, is the pillar by fire um, that's moving. And we have to trust God that he knows exactly where we need to be. But when all of a sudden, when the children of Israel left and they cross over the Red Sea, all of a sudden they still have this cloud and they still have this pillar of fire and they're still being led by God because all of a sudden this is a trust thing and they find themselves wandering. And today, I want to I once again look at the children of Israel after home. Listen, after home was no longer home, and moving day was inevitable. We find that the children was wandering in the wilderness for 40 years of their lives. This is where Moses becomes 120 years old. This is where his hair falls out. This is where his hair perhaps turns gray. This is where he's like, oh my God, you give me all these people, and I can't handle them all. And God begins to direct him to build up leaders and to train leaders and and uh and i i once was told by a, a good friend of mine i love his name is larry larry has been a, a friend when i went to capitol hill and he turned into the hill um he became a good friend he used to tell me this all the time he said this he said son if you do what you've always done you'll always you'll get what you've always got if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always got and he said, did you realize that the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, getting, expecting a different result? And I think that the children of Israel found themselves in this. They left home because home wasn't home any longer. They find themselves in the wilderness, and they have been traveling or wandering around this mountain for 40 years of their lives. And there's this routine and this pattern and this rut that they found themselves in. And all of a sudden, uh, they have... They've been there doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. 
You see, the Bible tells us, and we'll find this in a few minutes in Deuteronomy, we find that Moses, as he's remembering and recalling his life and this journey uh, over the last 40 years and trying to pass down some wisdom to the next generation, he says that the journey should have only been 11 days. But 40 years of their life of a pattern is what they experienced. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. It was an 11-day journey to the promised land that God had given them, but they spent 40 years, 40 years of their life in this pattern, in this rut, in this routine, in this habit. 40 years, 40 years of their life never obtaining what God wanted them to possess, what God gave them, what God promised them. 40 years of this pattern, this old 40-year-old pattern that they find themselves. And we find that in Deuteronomy, Moses is remembering the journey and perhaps the pattern or the routine or the rut or perhaps even the habit that they were in. And I see that the book has been written, as I said earlier, to the next generation um, who will possess the promised land. So we know that Moses is speaking. He knows already that he will not go in to the promised land. So he's trying to give some advice, speaking to the next generation underneath Joshua's leadership as one that states, do what I say and not what I've done. I think all of us in this room, and, and sometimes I, I um, challenge myself to make sure that I'm speaking to my young boy, my young son, my two daughters, um, things that I actually are doing, not things that, you know how it is, hey, do what I say, not what I do. Um, I don't want to be like that. Moses is, that's just kind of the statement Moses is making. Hey, boys, I want you to do what I say to do, not what I have done. Because I've made some decisions that has kept me out of the promised land. And you are to possess it. Deuteronomy chapter 1. You're there. Open your Bibles. Uh, pick out your phone. Uh, click on it so it lightens up and your, your app turns on. And we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1 through, 18, or through 8. And I want you to listen to Moses' heart. And he says, These are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. In the and I'm going to mess up all these words. Arabah, um, opposite Asuf, um, between Paran and Tefel, uh, Laban and Hazareth, and that D country, all right? Um, and <laughs> verse 2, it says this, it is 11 days. Listen to what Moses is telling the people. It is 11 days journey from Horeb um, by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In verse 3, it says, In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses speaks to the people of Israel according to all that God had given him in commandment to them. And after he had defeated Sion, uh, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og of the king of Bashan, um, who lived in Ash... Yeah, that word. And uh, the next one. In verse 5, it says, Beyond the Jordan, the land of Moab, Moses undertook... Um, to explain this law, saying, The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, Have you stayed long enough at this mountain? Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in, in the Arabah, um, in the hill country, and in the lowland, um, in the, um, yes, and by the sea coast, in the land of the Canaanites, in Lebanon, as far as the great river of the, of the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and to their offspring after them. I want you to hear Moses' heart. These are the words of Moses. He is trying to remind the next generation that the promised land is still there for them for taking. I am not going to be able to possess the promised land, but I'm telling you the promise is still there for you. 
And he says, I remember the Lord speaking to us, and he said, how long are you going to encamp around that mountain? Perhaps it was more like this. How long are you going to find yourself in that same pattern of your life, expecting the same result, or a different result? Why are you continuing to make the same decisions over and over and over again, finding yourself circling this mountain, and you're still expecting a different result? Like, I'm going to hand you this promise without you actually doing something. And it's crazy because we find in Deuteronomy chapter 2, we're going to look at Moses again. And, uh, and here, again, he's just remembering his life and what happened. In Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Now remember, they crossed over the Red Sea when, the, when Pharaoh was after them. You remember? Um, and the Red Sea is where um, Pharaoh died in the midst of the Red Sea while they were trying to cross over after the children of Israel. They said, hey, We've been here before. <laughs> we're here again. We are turning as, as though we're going into the Red Sea. And the Lord told me, how many, more, how many days we traveled around Mount Seir? And then the Lord said to me, you have been traveling around this mountain country long enough. Turn northward. And I got to tell somebody in this building, and maybe all of us in this building, you have been in this pattern long enough. It's time that you make a declaration to yourself. You know, some of us make this declaration. We say, I can't go there anymore. I can't go there again. I can't go there again. And what you're just stating is you're, you're just stating your state of feelings, how you feel. I can't. I can't make it. If I go there again, I won't be able to make it. But that's not a statement of change. That's not a declaration of change. You're just saying the obvious. I can't go there or I'm going to fall apart. It's not, I'm not going to make it. You see, a declaration of change is something that says, I will not go there again. And so today, in part number two, um, our statement today, our title for our message today is, I, I'm not going through there again. I'm not going through there. I'm not going to continue this pattern. I'm not going, God's spoken to me and he said to me, how long are you going to continue to go around this mountain? How long are you going to let the pattern continue to control your life? And I'm saying to myself, listen, I'm not going through there again. I'm not going. I'm making a declaration. Not that I can't go through there because I can. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I make a decision today that says it's moving day because I'm not going through that again. I'm making a declaration um, to myself. Uh, Moses recalls the time that the people, and I want you to look at this. Moses recalls in all of these stories, and you should read Deuteronomy chapter 1 and 2, uh, but he recalls the time that he sent 12 spies. He makes this statement to the children. He said, listen, I remember when all the elders thought it was a good idea for me to send 12 spies out to look at the Canaan land. He said, I remember that. And I thought to myself, that was a good idea too. And so we sent 12 spies out. And so some of you may remember that story because I think that there are some things that we need to gain from this. Um, I, need, I think there's some things that we can gain from Moses remembering what his life was like and what it could have been. And so today I want you to look at this. I want you to look at, it, he sent 12 spies out to, the, out to the land that God had given them, which is the promised land, and that result was the continuing the pattern. So um, if you know the story at all, we're going to read read it this morning, but we find that Moses says, I remember that you told me to send out 12 spies. I thought it was a good idea, so I sent out 12 spies. When they came back, I thought, oh, I didn't like what they said. And all of a sudden, that result caused them to continue the pattern for many more years. I need someone to hear me today. 
As I know that some of you thought it was a good idea to spy out the next step in your life, the next glory, the God, please give me a sign of what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, maybe God did give you a sign, or maybe God showed you what, you, what he wants you to do, and you're like, oh, hey, listen, I didn't want that to do. I didn't want, you want, I didn't want to do that, God. Uh, there's no way um, that I'm capable. And all of a sudden, you're like, the result of that is for you to continue the pattern instead of saying, I'm not going through that, going there. Again, read the story with me. Numbers chapter 13 this morning. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 through 33. And uh, we're just going to have a, a good story time this morning. It says, after exploring the land, remember Moses sends out 12 spies, and after exploring um, the land 40 days, the men return. I, you, you might want to highlight this and underline it, but 40 days of their life was spent in this promised land, and boy... Um, they tasted the goodness of God. Um, the Bible says for us to taste and see the, the goodness of God. And, and I, I got to tell you, I don't understand how someone can taste how good God is and then not possess what God has for them. And this is what's happened. They've explored for 40 days and they've returned to Moses and Aaron, verse 26, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses. Listen to what happens here. It says, We entered into the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey, and here is the kind of fruit that it produces. But he begins to say, Hey, listen, everything that you told us was true. Everything that you told us about this land, it, 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 it really um, overtook us. We were in awe. It blew our expectation. We expected like some great things, but man, look at this fruit. But, here comes that but, and it says this, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there and descendants of Enoch. And the Amalekite lived in uh, Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Hamorites lived in the hill country. The Canaanites lived along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along Jordan Valley. But Caleb, Caleb, excuse me, Caleb tried to quiet the people as, he, as they stood before Moses. Let us go at once, he said, and take the land. He, we, are, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with, with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Listen to them talking themselves out of it. They're like, it's not moving day. We're not ready. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. Their cities are fortified. Caleb, sit down. Shut up. You and Joshua, you, you guys are crazy. Quit smoking that stuff. We are not going. No Absolutely way. Verse 32 says, So they spread this bad report um, about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored, we will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. They were big. And even we even saw giants there, the descendants of Enoch. Next to them, listen to this. Next to them, we felt. You can underline that word. Next to them, we felt. Hmm like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. I really like how the ESV, this is the ESV, this is the English Standard Version, and I love how he puts this statement. I have read and I have preached this verse out of the King James, and, and, and I love the thought of, uh, of, of this. 
But I love how the ESV puts it. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 33. They come back with this bad report, and all of a sudden, it spreads like, like wildfire. People are believing them. There's no way we could do it. And they said, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And they thought we were grasshoppers too. I have a question for you today. Now, they were in that land for 40 days. They spied it out. They spied it out. That means that you, you try not to get caught. Am I correct? I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not really good at this thing. Um, but I think spies are to go into a land and try not to get caught. You want to see, observe. My question is, what giant did they talk to? I mean, they said, hey, we felt like grasshoppers because, man, they look huge. But that's what they thought, too. And my question to you is, how did they know? How did they know what they thought? Was it just something that they just made up because they felt like grasshoppers? Isn't it amazing how powerful your emotions are? <laughs> you feel something, and so you begin to create this imaginary thing about yourself that's not even true because you feel one way or the other? Oh, God, help us. Here's point number one. We're moving. You guys like, let's pack it up, Pastor. It's already 1130. Here we go. We're moving. This moving day. Point number one is because, listen, I'm not, I'm not going through there again. And this is the reason. Because, the, because this time, I may never make it out. Because this time... I might not make it out. I'm not going there again. I'm not going to go through that vicious cycle again, this pattern. I'm not going back the way I would handle things because this time I might not make it out. I, I, I break for Moses. I really break for Moses. There's a couple of reasons why Moses didn't possess the land, but this is one of them. One of them is because they never, he believed the ten without believing Joshua and Caleb without trusting God without believing that God was capable of conquering the the fortified cities the uh, the the big giants that thought they were grasshoppers somehow they knew that um, he didn't have the faith and because of that because they didn't go because they didn't move because they didn't obey God they didn't go in Moses and his generation did not go in he didn't see that did not go in and I think that's a sad statement today. A great man, a great leader did not get to experience what God had for him because he disobeyed. And because he continued a pattern, because he went there. He went there. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you not to go there. Don't go there again. Don't repeat the pattern. Don't repeat the cycle. Deuteronomy chapter 3, I want you to look at this. Again, Deuteronomy is about Moses remembering the things, and this is what he says. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23, it says this. This is Moses, and man, I, can, I break for him. He said, I pleaded with the Lord. I pleaded with the Lord, and I said this. I said, oh, sovereign God, you have, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God in heaven or earth that can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Please, listen to his plea. Please, God, let me cross over the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. But God was angry with me because of, because of you, and he would not listen to me. That's enough, he, he declared. Speak of it no 
more. I'm sure that it seemed like Moses went to God every day. Please, please, let me see the mountains. Please, let me be able to possess the promised land. Verse 27 says this, But go up to the peak and look over the land in every direction. Take a good look, but you may not cross over Jordan River. Instead, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will be the one that leads the people across the Jordan. He will give them all the land you now see before you as their possession. So we stayed in the valley. We stayed in the valley. I, I need you to hear this. And, and this, is a, this is a sad picture. Because he did not make the decision to move, to possess the land. He is now going to repeat this pattern. And he's going to stay in the valley. And to watch, to be able to climb up this mountain and just see what you could have had. Just see it. And never be able to possess it. It might have been refreshing to him to think, but the people that I've led out of Egypt is going to possess that. I'm not, but they are. Maybe that was, maybe that, that, that was a good feeling for him. But for me, I'd be like, I was so close, but you couldn't get there. If you felt you were so close to something, so close, but you didn't make it, I've been there, so close, so close. And we finally listen, I'm, I'm going to not go there again because I may never make it back out. Moses and, the, and that generation decided to not go possess the land. They decided to continue the pattern. They stayed in the wilderness to let God feed them and take care of them and let a cloud show them where to go during the day and a pillar by night. They were comfortable with that system, God. And because of that, they went back. They went there. And they never got back out. This is what I want to share with you. I want you to listen to me this morning. Do not go back to those patterns of your life. Don't go back. It's moving day. Say to yourself, I'm not going there again. I'm never going to go there again because they are keeping you from experiencing what God has for you, my friend. Those patterns in your life, those, those bad patterns, there's good patterns, there's good routine, routines, but those things that are not of God, I'm telling you, they're keeping you, they're keeping you from experiencing what God has for you and ultimately keeping you from going glory to glory. God, listen, I'm telling you this morning, remember, we are to forget, we are to look forward, and we are to press on this morning. Paul is encouraging all of us, hey, listen, I go from glory to glory, and I do that by forgetting and looking forward and pressing on. I believe this morning, if you return to the pattern of anger, you'll stay there. I want you to hear me this morning. If you make a decision today to go back to the pattern of anger, every little thing angers you, everything makes you mad, you'll stay there. You might not get back out this time. Some of you today, you might say, man, I, I, I struggled with bitterness all my life, and, and I've been free. But if you ever go back to it, if you let, ever let bitterness again creep into your life and get a hold of you, you might not get back out of this. I mean, you could continue on today. The pattern of disobedience, the pattern of rebellion, the pattern of self-pity. I think I'm a grasshopper. Oh, and everybody thinks I'm a grasshopper. Do you walk around and ask people, hey, what do you think about me? I mean, you think I'm capable of doing this? When God called me into the ministry, listen, I can tell you, I double, I, I, I second guessed that. I'm like, God, I don't know if I'm capable. But I didn't go around asking people, do you think I'm capable? Do you think I'm capable of starting a church in Tecumseh? I didn't ask that. Do, do you think this is God? I didn't ask that. 
Because I, I had to trust that this was God's will. I had to trust that he's given me the ability. I had to trust him. But I didn't want everybody's opinion. The only opinion that matters is God's. And I had to trust that. And so if I return back to hate, if I return back to the, the dependency of some kind of substance, I may not make it back out. So I'm challenging today. I'm challenging today. It's moving day, and I'm making a declaration. Not that I, I just can't go there. No, no, I'm not going there. I'm not going through there again. Through there. What's there? The pattern. Back to whatever it was. I'm not going there the Bible says that we read in Deuteronomy, Moses was remembering. I remember going back to the Red Sea. We were right there again. My wife and I tell, my wife, I, I don't tell this story because it reminds me of uh, my flaws. My wife t- reminds the story of me at Cajuns when I don't listen to her about directions. Reminds of a story when we were in Dallas and we were looking for Beltline Road. How many of you guys know there's like 15 different Beltline Roads in, t- in Dallas? Um, that's crazy, all right? And I thought I was on the right Beltline, and my wife goes, hey, I think I've seen this cornfield a couple times. <laughs> We've been here, and I was stubborn because I was like, I know where I'm going. This is exactly where we're supposed to. Man, we were in a loop, and I think we passed that same cornfield about 15 different times, and we were just going to, so I was continuing the pattern. My wife finally says, listen, this is before Siri and all the good things that we have today. She He's like, I really think that we need to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did because that was the right thing because I think my wife and I was going to park it and depart ways. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you go that way, I go that way, all right? Um, but I asked for directions, and sure enough, I was on the wrong belt line. I'm like, why are you doing naming more than one road belt line? That makes no sense. Well, obviously, it does to them. And so I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm challenging to say I'm not going there again. And every time I drive through Dallas, I look at that Beltline Road. I remember it, and I'm like, I'm not going there again. <laughs> no way. Not traveling that road. You can't get me this time. Absolutely not. And so I want to challenge you today. Don't go there. Make that declaration. Don't go to Beltline or Dallas, right? Because it messes you all up. Um, we were in an airport down at Dallas, Fort Worth Airport. If you've ever been there, that's the most confusing airport in the world, I think. And I was, we had to get to this, it was the Hyatt Hotel, and uh, we had to get there for this conference, and we got there an hour and a half early. And I promise you, I circled the airport for an hour and 45 minutes. I was, I was able to touch the hotel by just getting out of my car and touching it, but I couldn't get to it. I couldn't figure it out. And we circled it. I, I was late to my meeting. And I had asked for directions, and they wasn't very clear, or maybe I just didn't know what I was doing. And I kept circling that thing. And I realized, I, every time someone says, hey, could you pick me up there? I'm like, I really don't want to go there. Um, you walk yourself out of the airport, and I'll pick you up on whatever road there is nearby. But I am not going into the airport there at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. No, absolutely, no way. I'm not going to do this. Here's point number two this morning. The reason why I'm not going to go there is because God has greater things for me. I told you, taste and see that God is good. And for these 12 spies to go over into the land for 40 days and camp out there and hang out there and, and view what was going on and, and to possess some of the fruit, and they actually carried it back. They, they like, hey, listen, this is too good to try to even describe. Let's take some back for these guys. Let them see it. And they come back, and they're like, hey, listen, I want you to know we've been there, and it's like everything that you said, Moses. It's amazing. Flows with milk and honey. It's a land of plenty. But. And I, and I think about this morning. That how many times. How can you. And I said this earlier. How can you taste and see how God is so good to you. And walk away from it. 
There's so much that God has for you. I, I need you to look. I don't want you to go back to your patterns. I don't want you to go back to your way of life. I don't want you to go there any longer. Not again. Make that statement. Not again. Because God has so much good for you. There's so great things that lies ahead. Paul said this. He said, I forget the things in the past, and I look forward to the things ahead. Why? Because there's great things ahead of you. I'm telling you, your marriage can be great. Your family can be great. You can survive raising your children. I promise you. You can. You're like, Pastor, you, don't, you've never, you haven't raised my kids. Listen, I have three of my own. I'm telling you, you can. There are great things. Listen, the promised land was filled with plenty. And I got to tell you this morning, and let me throw some concerns out there. Let me put some red flags. If you allow it, fear is very strong. And fear will steal from you everything that God has promised you. If you let it, it will steal from you. It will rob from you. It will take from you everything that God has promised you. You know the reason why those ten spies came back and said, we can't do it? It was because of fear. They looked at their opposition, and fear began to breed, breed things into them that was false. You know what it breed? They think we're grasshoppers too. Oh, we can't do it. We can't go there. Why? Because I feel like a grasshopper, and they look at me like a grasshopper. I'm sure they do. Fear. Fear caused that. And fear will cause you to go back to your patterns because of the unknown of the future. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can live without this this, this dependency. I don't know if I can live without doing this whatever pattern it is. I don't know if I can make it. I'm telling you today, don't let fear, fear, don't let fear of the opposition um, of things that's going to come your way because there are going to be difficult times. Listen, I need you to know today, just because you have given your life to the Lord doesn't mean that everything is going to be hunky-dory and roses every day and things are going to be perfect. No, that is not it. That is not the life that God wants us to live. Listen, there are going to be opposition. It rains on the just and unjust alike. You're going to get sick. I had a godly friend of mine die of COVID. I had a godly lady that was almost like my second mother who was my secretary die of COVID a year ago. She passed away January the 7th. And Beverly was a wonderful woman. And so, listen, I know that the life that I have today, there's going to be opposition, there's going to be sickness, there's going to be things, but it's never going to take away from the fact that God is still good to me and that God has great things for me. I have to press on and look forward to the things that God has, and I'm going to continue to press on this morning because God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind this morning. So fear didn't come from God. And so I'm going to hold on and say, God, I need you to fill me with the power. I need you to give me your love and the sound mind to make good decision in the midst of this fear that I'm facing. God, help me. God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. We must all press on today because God has great things for us today. I love it because when the children of Israel, Caleb and Joshua, there was something down deep in within them that made them state the fact that, hey, listen, we can conquer it all. We can ultimately conquer it. We could do it. I, I'm sure that those two guys wasn't looking at each other going, man, you can do it, buddy. It wasn't that. It was the fact that there was this dependency on God and the, and the understanding of who God was that made them feel invincible. Like, hey, listen, together in God, we can do this. Together in God, we can do this. So listen, it's moving day around here. It's moving day in your life, and you're packing up some things that, that needs to go. And I'm telling you today, you can do it. 
Because you and God are a powerful duo. You and God can do anything. And the Bible tells us that. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There's nothing impossible with God. You're a powerful duo. And I challenge you to say, I'm moving, I'm moving forward. Do not let fear of what other people may think cause you to repeat some kind of pattern in your life. I need you to hear me this morning. Don't let the fear of what someone may think cause you to repeat a pattern. You don't really know what people are thinking. Oh, no, I do. No, you don't. Just because they said something or because even they did something, most people, my wife and I, we live by this statement. Most people, all people really, don't mean to hurt you. Most people don't. And so maybe they said something that hurt my feelings, but I don't think they meant it that way. Maybe they did something that hurt my feelings, but I really don't think they meant it that way. And maybe that's just a fairy tale land that I live in. I really believe most people don't mean that. And so I'm not going to take offense. I'm not going to let something that someone say, Leroy, I, he just thinks I'm a grasshopper. He doesn't think I can do this. I'm not going to let that thought because that's not true. Leroy likes me. Don't you like me, Leroy? I like you, Leroy. That's sure. He's like, sure I do. I like you. But listen, I want you to know it is moving day. Pastor Kelly, will you come? There are great things in front of you. I, um, I, when I say I, today has been a great, this whole week from Thursday on, from Wednesday on has been a just tremendous emotional roller coaster for me. Um, we are three months, I keep saying this, we opened the doors to this building in November. Um, and here we are in January and you look around and you're like, wow, this is a lot of people perhaps just for three months. And, and it is. You're fixing to move out of this building, this building that God gave us. And I told our leadership team this morning, I said, you know what was really crazy is because I'm thankful for the doors that God has shut and the doors that God has opened. We thought we were going to get a six-month lease here. We, I really wanted a six-month, so that way I felt comfortable that we had a location for at least six months and we could look for something else. And the American Legion, um, their leadership said, no, we're just going to give you three months. And at that moment, I was like, they might not want us in there after that three months. We need to start looking for somebody, somewhere else to go. And I didn't realize at the time that God was shutting down a six-month lease because he knew that in three months we had another building that I wouldn't be able to, we wouldn't be able to afford $2,400 to get out of some kind of lease. God is so good today. And I got to tell you today, it's time to get your packing your boxes, and you need to pack them because it's moving day for you. And you're not going to go there again. That's your, that is your statement. That's your declaration. Because if you go there, you may not come out. You may not get out of there. And God has great things for you. Would you stand today? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find our service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumsa.com, for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.